Beneath the stars so bright Pull your hat down Make sure your cinch is tight Horse is kinda snuffy Cold chill up your spine Go get your ass Movie sun will burn daylight Howdy there, I'm Matt McKinley and we're burning daylight. Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, welcome back, Daylight Burners. We're, uh, it's been, uh, it's kind of cooled down. I don't know what it was like over in Fallon today, but it, uh, we had a nice little brief shower here about, oh, about an hour ago. Kind of cooled, cooled everything off. Um, I'm not sure where Brett went to, but, um, got Brett Davis, uh, coming back here, here pretty quick. Um, maybe I might have to call him. Um, We'll, uh, anyhow, it was, uh, it was a nice, nice day, uh, and, uh, we will, uh, we will be back here, uh, shortly. Yeah, we got dropped somehow. Oh, yeah, it's all good. We're, we're back now, though. I, uh. Okay, we're back. We're on the show. We're doing what we're doing. Yeah, we're, we're all set, so I'm gonna. All right. Uh, Last pull... thing I heard was you were talking about the weather and saying, you didn't know what it was like in Fallon, but you you guys had a brief shower over there. You're in Smith Valley, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, one of those little skiffs that come in about and rain for about ten minutes, and then then went on went on about its way. But it was a, it was enough to to drop the temperature down cool, about ten degrees. Cool it down a little little bit. Yeah, yeah it, it clouded up here. You know, it it doesn't hardly ever rain in Fallon, um, but it it cooled down here a little bit. I think. I think it was like 91 when I uh, when I was finally headed home. Rode all my Colts and everything. I was headed home, went past the bank. And I think it said 91, which, you know, that's that's bearable. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not fun. No, it's not it's, great, but it's uh, it ain't bad. I mean, no, you can you can do your work that, and especially when it's zero percent humidity. Yeah. Uh, that that's... I I I spent a lot of time in Oklahoma and Texas stuff like that. It'd be ninety one and eighty five percent humidity, mm. and they had they had this deal that they called it real feel, and they'd say, "Well, it's, it's eighty five, and the real feel is one hundred and two." And I, you know, what the hell is real feel? If it's one hundred two, it's one hundred two. Yeah, that humidity makes man. What I was in Memphis for for a week here a couple well but it was last month and uh there was one day it was it was in it was like low 90s but it was also like low 90s humidity yeah and yeah. walked out and and just like fog i walked outside and it fogged my glasses up immediately and i was like oh oh shit. for, sure. Ugh, for that, sure that's gross that yeah. that shit's gross yeah it is it it's the the worst i've ever been in um when I was a junior in high school, I, I made it to the high school finals, rodeo finals, and it was in uh, Illinois. Oh, yeah. And 
I went out there and I'd, I'd been in Wyoming all summer. And I jumped on an airplane, went to Illinois, and I, we landed at like 10.30 at night, 10.36 or something like that. And they said, well, welcome to welcome to Springfield. It's 10.36 in p.m. And, uh, you know, it's it's 92 degrees and 86% humidity. Ugh. And I was like, what? <laughs> and and my it and it ruined my camera. Mm. Wasn't like I, I didn't have a really nice camera or anything. Like I just had it like a Canon or something like that. It wasn't like a good camera, but I just brought a camera. Yeah. And uh that yeah, that humidity just, just nuked my camera. Jeez. I remember on uh on a, we went to Charleston, South Carolina and and this was like early October, so it wasn't it wasn't super hot, but that humidity. I'd uh I'd bought a brand new American Hat Company felt hat for my wedding, and it just melted on your head. Yeah, it just it, it was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't even like a buckaroo hat because uh, you know I I'm I'm from Southeast Colorado, so I'm, I tend to taco my hat a little bit. I don't I don't get real extreme on the taco, but. Uh, pretty good hat yeah i mean to be perfectly honest with you like resist all or stetson or something Mm -hmm. like that they're they're kind of a better they're they're the the last step for you go to a handmade right yeah i mean because like i said that that was my that that was my wedding hat i'll get a rodeo king for for everyday wear or the yeah whatever whatever the amish brand is uh that um like Cal Camp Supply carries those. Those are pretty decent too. For, for are work. they? I've 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 not dealt with those. They're they're cheap enough where you can buy one every year, and they they hold up about a year. It seems like. Mm-hmm. But they're they're like 150 bucks, so it's like they're they're a good work hat. Just beat around. So I I uh, I, I like Cal Camp Supply. I, I that's that's kind of where I I order all my hats from until I can save up and get a, a custom one. I I had one I had one built. Uh, it was the first year I was married, so I was twenty two, and uh, I think the deal was Mad Mad Dog Hattery or something like mm. that at Billings, Montana. And I I was in Billings, and I had one built, and so I've been wearing those. You know, I I wear an open road, mm-hmm. and I've been wearing those forever, and for whatever reason i decided to have a five and a half inch brim made oh man and it, it, it was a cool looking hat it it, it it and he did a good job it was a cool hat but i fuck i just run into stuff all the time <laughs> running the door and everything else and i i traded it off finally and a few years a few years later in salina kansas there was a girl going around there and, and she i kept saying i man i know that girl I know, I'm sure I know that girl. And finally I went over and I introduced myself to her and I said, I know you from somewhere. And we talked for a minute. We didn't know each other. And it dawned on me. I said, Oh, that hat, where'd you get that hat? And she says, Oh, I traded it off my brother. And I said, what's your brother's name? And she said, Oh, so-and-so. And I said, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I said, take that hat off that my name's on the inside of it. <laughs> that's funny. And yeah, I recognize the hat, not the, not the girl. Yeah, that, that, um, 
That's funny. Yeah, yeah, it kind of was. I mean, she and I ended up being 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 kind of friends. Mm. Um, but yeah, those those damn hats are just. I don't know. Mostly, most most of these brands anymore. Like you say, you get a year out of them. Yeah, it's it's like I uh, I I consider six months on a pair of store bought boots. Uh, like that's that's kind of about what I can get out of them. Uh, the hat, I, I should think. Yeah, I should think. hats about a year. Uh, I, yeah. I bought um my last set of customs that I, that I, I put to work. I've got a really nice set of custom boots that Jake Houston made me. And, uh, but they're, they're the kinds of, you know, like I'm just not quite at the point where I want to retire them for, for work use yet, even though yeah. Jake yeah. really wants me to, cause he wants me to beat the hell out of them and, and brag on them. And I think they'll do really well, but there's, they're really nice still. And I, I don't, you know, you know how that is, and yeah, uh, I just yeah, haven't I, went, I, went to it yet. I'm, I'm actually the opposite way. I years ago, I well, I was still a teenager. I had a horse buck with me and and slip on the ice, and mm-hmm. and fall on my foot, broke my foot in half. Oh, my, okay. My right, my right foot, it broke it the opposite way that your foot bends. Oh, nice. That I bet that felt yeah. good. Oh yeah, that that was terrible. And there was bones sticking out and everything, and, and I, I, I pretty much kind of walked it off. I mean, they they said it, did some stuff to it, and I snapped. But I, I, uh, I just put my. I was wearing, I would, all I would wear back then, you know, because I was I was pure. All I would wear was Paul bonds. Oh, okay. And so, so I just I walked it off in those Paul bonds, and, and that that foot kind of formed it kind of healed to a Paul Bond shape. And so I've got a, a real bad bone spur on that one side. And it's when I order my boots now, it's, it's five eighths of an inch difference from the right foot to the left foot. Huh? And so ever since then, I've always had my boots made because I, I just can't, I just can't wear store bought boots because they, they just hurt. I can wear them to, like to church. I've got a pair of, I got a pair of, I don't know what the fuck, who the fuck made them? Yeah, just just a pair of. They're nice looking boots, but they're kind of cheap. But I just wear them to church and go, you know. Yeah, but I can't wear them all day long because they they hurt. But so I, I've always had all my boots made. And uh, where was I going with that? Oh, I guess on the on the the handmade boots. So I've worn handmade boots my whole life, and I promise you, they'll it's worth the money oh yeah wear them wear wear those you won't wear them out you know but you you get six months out of a pair of store bots uh i buy mine generally i buy them two at a time two pairs at a time and swap them out i'll get four five six years out of them mm-hmm. it's 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 worth the money i mean it's a heartache when you buy them because it Oh, you know, they're, such a, they're such an upfront cost. Bucks a yeah, pair. yeah. For for the on the cheaper end, they're twelve hundred bucks a pair. But, yeah, but that's still cheap. It, when you do the math, it's cheaper than a pair of store bots every six months for two hundred bucks a pair. Yeah, no, no, that 
that that's right. I just it, it's one of those like I I know I should just wear them, but I just uh, I I've got a I got a pair of store bots that are about just about to to eat it. So I'm just and but then I'm gonna I got, I got to reshape my spurs and you know so it's oh it's, I know it's I a know whole thing. I, and so when it when it happens, I'll I'll do it. But I'm, yeah. I'm kind of waiting for this last pair of boots to to well, finally just shit it. And you're in a feedlot, aren't you? Yeah. And feedlots just fucking eat oh, everything. It, it just destroy your shit. Yeah, that that manure just—I mean, it just eats at everything. And the, and if it, if even when you clean them, you're still just soaking them over and over again. And that's just—that's not good on leather either. And it just no, it's not. It's not good on st- the stitching. So it wears mm, out. Yeah, that's exactly but, uh, right. But I, uh, they're 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 wax calves, so they should they should hold up pretty good. And uh I mean they're they're comfortable as hell. They look sharp and I, yeah. I I went I went super cowboy, you know, I went super puncher style on them and got like eighteen inch stovepipes and uh and they oh, yeah. they look Three rad. And a half inch heels and the whole oh yeah, they, they look rad as shit. But uh they're they're not real um they're not real practical. <laughs> and, yeah, like, you can't walk in them. No, exactly. <laughs> but they look cool as shit. God, God. So my my friend Bino Kimball, he was telling me this, and this this was a long time ago. Cause mm. he, I don't know, Bino's in his fifties, but he had a pair made, and uh, Bino's probably six six. Oh, little fella, huh? Yeah, little fella. And he was at he was at a uh, Rosewell at Diamond A, and he had a pair made, and they had yellow tops and the whole nine yards and, and he had 22 inch tops on him. oh that that's over the knee shit well not for him oh i guess for six six yeah for, yeah, for me that's, that's that's well over the knee that's yeah that's goddamn near up to my up to my <laughs> groin yeah but uh yeah for him that was right at the knee and he had 22 inch yellow top wax french calf and i think they were ball on i don't remember exactly but uh so he shows up in the cookhouse and, and he's keeps crossing his legs. He's got his pants rolled up so everybody can see. Him. And none of them old guys will say anything about him. <laughs> and he, he just keeps, keeps kind of showing them off, showing them off. None of them old guys will say anything about it. He's the youngest guy in the crew. And finally he just says to one of them, he says, well, what do you think about my new boots? And one of them old guys turns to him and he says, well, goddamn, you got to take them off, take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep uh you about have to <laughs> you yep. almost have to <laughs> almost have to. <laughs> and yep. and and uh, even so like you can leave your you can leave them on but it's not comfortable taking a shit no no Six, 16 inch tops i can i can uh i can get around them, but i'm not real happy about it yeah i they they do look cool and uh and i mean they got their place but i uh yeah, I think I'm more like a 14 inch uh, top anymore. Like that, that's about my because my my ankles are bad too. So like, you know, lace ups aren't real practical when, when you're right. riding, riding all right. the time. But that's kind of what I need. But I think that's about any cowboy, anyways. Like I don't like if if your ankle ain't fucked up at least once. Uh, have you actually rode horses? No, I think I think we're all crippled from. From at least the the hoof to our knee, mm, yeah. You know, and if if you got any age on you at all, uh, 
there's there's a bunch of them kids bounce around they're 22 years old but hell my legs good well mine are shot <laughs> yeah i mine were pretty good until all of a sudden they just hurt and then i was like oh yeah. shit you know like the well and it's it's it was especially been because i've been in the feedlot for for quite a while now and uh yeah like when when you typically when you fall down in the feedlot it's not like a, a stumble and fall it's it's like feet it's right a crash and burn yeah yeah like you're you're stepping on a piss spot or, or 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 ice or something and it's just like your your horse's feet are out from under them and, and it just like slingshots you into the ground and that that that's hard on a feller's ankle i, I can tell you that much for sure and then <clears throat> and then you guys have in the in those feedlots you got all those all those gates and all mm-hmm. those fences to get tangled up in and, yeah and every feedlot cowboy i've ever met is riding a piss load of colts. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's it's a good place to ride colts on one hand. On the other hand, it's a fucking terrible place to ride colts. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's uh and, and and it is not made for for good gear. Like it, you're No, you just tear shit up. Yeah, and like I, I don't I, I I don't know how to ride Romel's because I, I just I've never I didn't grow up in that part of the world, so I, I rode split reins, and then, uh, you know, team ropers had, had the had the loop rein, but then, then I, I've been I've like I've been in the feedlot so long that I just I I, I only ride split reins just because I've had I've had shit get hung up on a gate rod too many times. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. Just like for you, sure. you want that shit to pull pull loose, and uh, I, I'd rather have have one rain and uh you know and, and somewhat a control when they you know when they finally back away as opposed to just breaking loose and then yeah yeah it just you, you know a guy in a guy in um i think where that was in southern kansas was telling me the same thing about romel rains and he's like yeah you're getting this brush and you're getting these picker bushes and blah blah and and you don't you don't want those Romel reins. You want split split reins because he was riding he was riding a bridle horse with chains mm. and split reins. And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And and he was like, "Yeah, I know in this brush you don't." And I was like, "Man, I've been in fucking brush. You, I don't believe that. That's nonsense." And then fast forward about twelve years, and I got in some brush. And I got to Arizona mm. and went, holy shit, you do not want Romel Reigns in this country. Yeah. Same deal. You just be slipping along there and something would just grab your reins mm. and just kayak your horse on one side. You know, and, and that's brush. That's a whole lot. That's a, that's not even anywhere near the wreck is a gate. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean the brush will eventually pop loose. Uh, so yeah, something's gonna give on a brush on brush, but but yeah. yeah, in a gate or something like that. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't want them. Like you say, you pitch one, still have one. Yeah, and like I I respect all the like I I respect every just about every style of of, of horsemanship. Like I, I I've said a while, it's like uh, 
you know, it's it's like the old gangster, you know, game recognizes game and you know a hand recognizes a hand and I, I don't care what discipline a horse you are, like you can tell when when somebody can handle a horse, you know, like they, yeah. the way they, they carry themselves. But, I can handle a cow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh I don't know, it, it's it's one of the it's a good stage of being a cowboy when you realize you don't have to buy all the cool sh- or all the, the, the shit that everybody else has when you can get by with your own and like you know when you can handle something. Like that yep. that's a good it's like a good I guess mark in life, you know, like a like a good stepping stone. You're like, all right, that gives you, you know, you're you're confident where you can go get a job done, and uh, and then there's, but I don't know, there's there's always those guys that like they cannot let go of like their their style of of horsemanship or, or cowboying or yeah. whatever, and I I don't know, I just me me and uh, Zach Sargent, we were trying to put this this debate series that I wanted to to get going and uh, we, I wanted to do the classic just buckaroo versus cow puncher. And then it, it, it all fell apart because every, everybody that I'd want to argue on, regardless of what side of the the argument, they, uh, it ended up being, it would, you know, that that conversation or that whole debate would end up being just like, well, this is why I do it, but I could see why somebody else would do it this yeah. way. And uh, yeah, it and wouldn't be a a good debate, you know. No, it, it well, and, and there's there's really not a debate to be had because, and this is my point of view, just because I've I've traveled so much and just mm-hmm. going coast to coast and and ocean to ocean and kind of fucking been all over. I get somewhere and and they do shit different, and, and I was like, fuck, that's not how we do it where I'm from, and. Then I'd watch him do it and go, "Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense." Yeah, you know, it, like the the first time I went to, first time I went to Oklahoma, and we were we were just roping a bunch of uh, uh, scour calves, mm. and and those guys, those guys were, it looked like they were all dally guys, on on rubber which was kind of against my religion. Yeah. You know, and I was young, but, but then we got out there and they shortened their ropes, put chain link on there and, and they tied off at like, you know, I don't know, 15, 18 feet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Well, shit, we go to just massacre chasing around rope calves. And, and it was like, well, that makes way more sense. I'm on 70 feet. Of rope, trying, <laughs> yeah, trying to dock, trying to dock with this calf. These guys are on fifteen or eighteen feet, and and I went, oh, okay, I I I understand this. Now you know, now I get it. Yeah, you know, and then then I went to West Texas, and every, you know, we everybody tied off. And then I went to South America, and and we tied off to our cinch, and I was like, oh, I don't know about this tying off to our cinch bullshit. Uh, you know, but but it. It makes sense in every country. You go to a different piece of piece of ground, different kind of cowboy, different kind of cows, different kind of way of doing things, and you go, "Oh, just do as the Romans do." Yeah. What? So, were you down in Argentina? Yeah. Okay. So, I was talking with uh, Jake Zilke the other day, the Lost Cowboy guy that wrote that book. And, and I don't know him, I guess. Um, 
he uh, anyway he rode a book and he he'd cowboyed down there in Argentina and then when I was at, at Cactus in in Kansas, uh, there for the last the last like three years I was there, my my manager was from from Argentina and he was telling us about roping down there and and then then you see those Argentine saddles and there yeah there's no horn there's there's not really much. Uh, of a seat it's kind of almost almost a no bear, it's a kind of a, like a glorified bareback rigging yeah and so so how does how does that work uh you know rope and tied off to the cinch there because I, I i imagine you'd have to cinch that sucker down pretty tight well and and that's what you think but the the way that deal, since the way those deals work there's not a solid tree mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a leather made and it, it's kind of form fitting, but it's it's stuffed with horsehair, and so kind of a form fitting leather made tree, and so you you put your pad on, and then you put that on, and you and you cinch it down on its own. Yeah, and then you put the sheepskin over top of that for for you, mm-hmm. and then there's a separate cinch on that, and so you you've got two cinches and you're basically cinched, you know, like a, Oh, you know, like a five eighths or three quarter or something like that. Yeah. And then, then you're tied off to your rigging. And so as far as slipping or whatever, I, I never had, I never had any problem with it or ever saw anybody have any problem with it. As far as that slipping around, because you, you know, you, you'd rope something, but you, it was with Riata, so you didn't just pitch it. Yeah, you know, you you'd slow down and and let those let those coils come out of your hand, and 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 there was a a lot of choking involved before anything came real tight. Ah, I see. Okay. Ah, uh, and so yeah, not, nothing ever came like it wasn't Texas style where everything just came hard and fast and just yeah. Yeah, because that wouldn't work. I mean, that 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 sucker would would no, it, it, everything would have broke. Yeah, huh? Everything would everything would pop loose. But it was it was a it was a slow slow kind of a deal. And to be perfectly honest with you, it worked really good. Uh, yeah, there there was times when I first got down there, and you know, a lot of them cattle were Bramer cattle or Bramer cross cattle, Tiger stripe cattle. And, and I went too fast and I, I got, you know, too excited and was depending on, on my horn and having all that leverage and everything. Yeah. And I got a couple of wrecks right off the bat, but then watching those other guys, you know, they, they just lope behind one with everything just kind of like semi tight Mm -hmm. and, and let that old girl kind of choke a little bit, just a little bit. And then get everything tight, and then we do whatever we had to do, and it worked pretty good, huh? Well, I mean that that's interesting. Uh, so, are you are you from Oregon? Uh, as, uh, I think that's what I. I yeah, originally. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I left Oregon when I was seventeen, um, but I I grew up in Oregon. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I've actually never yet been to Oregon. I've been I've been fairly close, but I. That's that's oh. uh, uh, Oregon and Washington's only only states in uh, 
you know, west west of Western uh, United States. Yeah, I think I think it's it's like the 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 Dakotas and then Oregon and Washington are the only states I haven't been to west of the the Mississippi. So uh, Oregon's Oregon's nice. I liked Oregon a lot. Uh, I'm from the west side of Oregon, so it's it's real steep and real timbered mm-hmm. up. You know, the the vast majority of Oregon is is desert. Yeah. Is high desert is, is not that much different than Nevada. Yeah. So um, so you guys like you start out like California on the coast, but then where like where California would turn into Nevada, like Oregon just keeps kind of going, doesn't it? Yep. That's that's pretty much it. That's that's the way you can say it is the the Siskiyous, uh so in in California they call them the Sierras, mm-hmm. and then when it crosses the border they're called they're called the Siskiyous. Okay, it's the same mountain range. Yeah. Uh, but but that that Siskiyou range runs all the way up to Canada, and uh, you know the the valleys are the same as those those California valleys. They're not as big. Mm. They're they're just north. They run north and south and. Uh, you know the valleys are are lush and green. The the tree up part of it, the mountain part of it, are they call them a pine desert, and so mm. they they get the same amount of. Uh, I I think what the what the number is is thirteen. I I think they get thirteen on average. Um, uh, inches of rain or inches of precipitation a year. Okay. And so they're it's pretty deserty, but then pines grow big. Okay, you know, but it's but it's all like seven or eight percent grade. It's uh, it's steep, steep country, huh? And, and real rocky country, and so it's it's all swell fork, center fire country. Yeah, that, that where makes I come. Sense. And then you get to the other side, like as soon as you get to Klamath Falls, and then the whole rest of Oregon, it's just wide open. Desert yeah, high desert, Great Basin shit, huh? Yeah, and and that's and that's the the difference between the two cowboys. I mean, um, you get on the Klamath Falls side, everybody's got a flat hat and a slick fork saddle. Where I come from, everybody's got a a pretty good bend in their hat, mm-hmm. or and uh, and a and a Hamley's looking kind of yeah kind of swell fork saddle. Yeah. Uh, huh. That and, that that that's interesting. And that's that's where I come from. That's the country I come from. And and we didn't we didn't rope much. Um, you know, a cowboy on on my side of the side of the ridge. They weren't real known, real well known for roping. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, they all could rope they were kind of whale line guys and kind of just get attached to one and get it wrapped around a tree or something like that. Yeah. Real similar to the Arizona kind of, kind of type cowboys. Mm-hmm. Not no fancy roping. Yeah. You know, because, because it, it was so goddamn steep, you couldn't. Yeah. That's kind of so, like the, those, those tie hard guys. Cause, uh, like, like the true tie hard guys, they have to, because you're crashing through brush and stuff and you only have, one coil in your hand because you got one swing and and, and go 
And yeah. then, then once you got her caught, like you're, then you're crashing through the brush trying to get her, get her caught or, you know, get yep. her stopped and, and what, get her stopped, get her in a tree or something like that. Uh, and and yeah, it was, was kind of the same way with me. And, uh, cause I, I was, I was in that, uh, so just above the Oklahoma panhandle, you know, right on the, the border with, with Southwest Kansas. Uh, just, uh-huh. you know, just above Texas panhandle. And it, so it was a lot of, a lot of wheat pasture type stuff. So it's, it was the yep. same thing, a lot of tied hard, but it was just good. But everything's, uh, parceled off in quarter section because it's, it's homestead country, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought it. I bought a horse off of, off of a guy that spent his whole life on one of those wheat section deals. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty good horse. I thought. And but then he couldn't trot. Oh he yeah, lope. He he could walk and he could run. Yeah, was all that. And he he was like six seven years old, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I I got talking to him about what he'd done with that horse, and I thought, well, hell, this makes sense. All this horse has ever done is walk through cattle, and then bust into a flat run. Yeah, that, that that's that's pretty much it. And uh, yeah, and that, and that sucker could really walk, and then you could bust into a flat run and stop. And and that was, but that was that was all that horse knew how to do because fuck, that's all he'd ever done was, mm-hmm. was just catch cattle. I uh, I have to go take my horses out on the desert every now and then to to remind them that they know how to trot because uh, they they get that same way where they go from from like a fast walk to, to a lope. And, and, and I really just want to, you know, like it, it's like first thing in the morning when we're shipping cattle and you're like, I, I just want them to go step out down the alley. Just go, you know, catch, catch a trot, just, you know, cowboy yeah. shit, you know, like the, yeah. like, like that's the, there's nothing better than catching a trot first thing in the morning, you know, it gets, oh, the, fuck yeah. it gets the blood pumping, get your mind right. And, uh, and you know, and, it, and it's good for the horse too. You know, like it just it keeps it gets them... their blood pumping and gets their mind right too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's in that right gate where you can feel it if they're going to bust in two, and it gives you about a half a stride at, uh, to to adjust and get ready for it. Um, whereas if if they're in a lope, you know, all of a sudden they're just they they can duck their head and just and, and get to hogging and and like put you in a bad situation if you're not if you're not savvy to it. But a trot. Like they they gotta like they send a whole lot more cues that they're they're getting ready to bust in two when they're at a trot like that and it, and it's just I don't know it, it's just good for good for man and beast I think. Well, I I think so too. I I think that that trot is the most natural gait for a horse. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch if you watch shitters wander around, they don't walk anywhere. No. They, they they walk a little bit when they graze, but when it's time to go to water, they throw their heads up, hit a long trot, and it's, go travel. It's kind of like little kids too. When like you notice how they don't like a lot of them. Some of them will run everywhere, but very few of them will just like amble along. Most of the time, they're just like zipping along here and there, a little trot. Yep, yep, and yep. Uh, it, it's just kind of like a natural gait for for a mammal i think well i think they think better that way yeah yeah and i know it just and it it just uh 
you know, like a, a good a good loping horse is really easy to ride, but like you have to you have to know how to ride to to ride a trot. Uh, and uh, I mean, I and I've never been been on those big circle outfits, but I've I've made my share of like thirty mile uh, days, plenty of times. And, and those first couple times, like the inside of your legs are just like I, I never I never got to the bleeding part, but I was I wasn't far from it. Yeah. And, and you you learn how to you learn how to find that horse's rhythm. No, that's no doubt. That's no doubt. I remember the the first time it, you just brought that up, and it kind of brings this to mind. The first time, uh, wait, I, I went on big circle, and my and my boy wanted to go with me, and he was like eight. And I, I thought, ah, I don't, I, shit, I don't know if you're quite old enough to go. But he kind of begged, you know, mm-hmm. kind of want, you know, he really wanted to go. And I, and it was going to be an easy day. It, it, by my standards, it was going to be an easy day. And we went, and, and I don't know, three or four miles into it, he was crying. And I, and I stopped him and I said, you you asked for this, don't you cry? You can cry all you want when we get home. You can cry all the way home and pick up. You can do anything you want, but don't you cry while we're doing this. And he kind of kind of snuffed it up and said, "Okay, okay, Dad." And I said, "Just just figure it out." And, and what I ended up doing is I tied his stirrups up, mm-hmm. and I I tied his stirrups to his cinches and and said, "Just." Just stand in them stirrups. You'll be all right. And long story short, you know, I barked these knees up a whole bunch and and this and that. And, and uh, but, but he made it through it. And, and yeah, them barked up knees. I mean, that's, that's part of cowboying. It, it really is. And I mean, it's like the, I mean, e- even those, I mean, there, there's, that there's only a handful of people uh of guys that that have never dallied in their life uh, but man that i don't i don't guess i i bet you i i bet you 100 bucks i don't know one yeah i i think i know one and he's he's an old 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 school and he 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 really only can't uh cowboy there in the texas panhandle and uh, yeah but i i still I never heard him talk about, uh, you know, shortening up and and uh, and then dallying off. But I, I almost guarantee he did. I mean, because it's yeah. just, it's con, it's kind of common knowledge. Oh um, yeah. But yeah. like, you don't. That first time you go to the horn, you're gonna rip some 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 hide off your fingers, like almost oh, yeah. guaranteed. Oh yeah. And, and like, I'm yeah, my like my pinky doesn't sit straight anymore because it's hit the horn so many damn times and. But it's it takes some some hide burned off your hand before you figure out that that horn doesn't move and it's there every time, and and if it's not there, then like you got a lot bigger problem than the the skin off of your hand, you know? Yeah, no, that's no joke. What my brother when he was first married, he married a girl from Australia, mm-hmm. and when he when he first married, and this. He probably didn't go about it exactly right, but but I kind of support the way he did it. 
his his deal was she she couldn't wear gloves until she could brand calves without burning her hand. Okay. And and so fuck she burned her hand and burned her hand and burned her mm. hand and burned her hand. And and he said, No, you don't get to wear a glove. And, and I don't wear a glove. I know some guys do, but I just I don't. I just burn my hand. It de- it depends on the iron. Some of those irons run pretty damn hot, but <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, he, he just he wouldn't let her wear a glove until until she figured out how to how to get through branding without burning her hand. And the truth is uh, and, and they're divorced now and, and so on and so forth, but she fucking figured it out. Yeah. It 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 hurt her it hurt her bad enough that she figured out how to not do it. And and that's one thing I've never done. Yeah. You know, I, I, I still burn my hand. It's uh yeah, I like I said, there there's certain certain irons that I can and of course, being in the feedlot, uh, that that kind of takes you away from from the your traditional branding branding pins. I branded, yeah, branded a bunch of them in a, in a hydraulic chute. Yeah, it, it it it's not near as cool as uh as the rest of it. But like I I've, I've branded tens of thousands of cattle, um, but every iron's different too. And then and but then I I've also branded probably probably thousands, you know, like bumping, bumping up on the 10,000 mark on, on, you know, out on pasture too. So like, I, I'm, I'm no, no stranger to it. I'm not the best at it, but I like every, every single iron's different too. And some of them hold the heat, uh, different. And, and if you can get to where you can just like, you can figure out how to, how to handle that iron. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole different deal, but yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and some, some of them horses, some horses don't, they're, they're not bothered by any of the, the entire deal. Nothing bothers them except the smoke. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's the smoke or, uh, like that, that whoosh of the propane, like that, that, that noise from the propane fire, that'll get a horse every now and then. There's, there's funny little things and you think, oh shit, this is all going to be good. And then, then propane wishes or or the smoke comes up or whatever, mm. and next thing you know, you're missing p- piece off your pinky. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and then you know, then the the, the Texas guy be like, well, if you were tied on, that would never happen. Like, ah, eh, still might have. You know, like there, shit, shit can happen as you're letting them coils well, uh, go. Yeah, too. I and, and I I get what those guys are saying. But, and and I've tied off a bunch, a bunch. And and to be perfectly honest, yeah, I like tying off. Yeah, but it it so long as everybody on the crew knows how it all how it all works. Yeah, if if everybody there knows how to tie off, fuck, I love tying off. Mm-hmm. I prefer it. What? Well, but, but the thing the, is, is, oh, is you, you get up there. And like, if you don't have enough room, take another step, and you're tied off. Well, you're fucked. Yeah, 
like you're you're you know just what? you're trying to like squeeze your horses uh, as tight uh, yeah. into that fence as you can, but you like you can't. And then, and uh, if you're gelling, you you can slip a little rope or mm-hmm. this and that or the other thing. If you're tied off, you're committed. Yeah, and ex- that's ex- that's the only thing I I never liked about tying off. I yeah. loved tying off when I was, you know, I used to rope a lot of horses. Uh, I used to c- catch a lot of Mustangs, mm-hmm. and and so tying off, I loved it because if I if I caught it, I wanted it. Yeah, and no matter how bad the wreck was, like shit, I'd just get off. Yeah, you guys, you guys can go figure that wreck out yourself. Um, and and then like roping wild steers and stuff like that, I like tying off, but but Brandon calves. When, and, and especially nowadays, Brandon, when there's 16 kids and two mm-hmm. wives and four guys drinking beer. Yeah. Man, I want to be able to get away. That's it. it it's not it's not even me. It, it's I don't want to get in the middle of all that. Yeah. I want to be able to just pop my dallies, get away. Yeah. No, and, that that's 100 percent right. And somebody, somebody might get kicked, and I'll, I'll yell, "Good God, here it comes!" Yeah, you know, but, but that's, that's, that's why I don't like tying off the brand of pen. Yeah, at least anymore. Well, uh, and and you know, like I, I gotta give a good shout out to my, he, he's probably my best friend in the world, old Clint Mandel. He's, uh, his, his daddy is one of the better cattlemen I ever met in my life. Um. But we 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 grew up uh, from like fifth grade up together, graduated together. Still, like he's still, and he took over his his uh, his dad's place. But that's where I cut my teeth. Uh, you know, Brandon season. It was like we we went to the Mandel Ranch, and I I started by like the first couple times I didn't even go trot out with the guys. I just helped build the fire because we we did yeah. we did a cedar post fire because it was quieter, and I. Uh, I learned how to build the fire correctly, how how to spread the coals so so that everything got heated up evenly and nothing got too hot. You 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 learned how to listen to the pop of the the wood to to know when to put more on. And then and then you then you got to go wrestle calves and then from there you you maybe get to, uh you know you get uh to give vaccines which usually is kind of a it, it used to be almost like an you know, like that—that's what you you did. The women, the women or the kids to do. But then, yeah, then ranchers started figuring out. I go, those shots are pretty goddamn expensive too. So like, yeah. we, better, we yeah. better have a some somebody responsible. And so like, so then it was like uh, the women, the women had to step up, or or, or one of the, one of the other guys would have to step off his horse and and uh, and, and run the shots. And then, but like, it only took a couple of years. Uh, it seemed like before that, like nobody looked down on the guy giving shots. Like uh, used to, like when I when I started, it was like looked down on on a guy for giving shots, you know, or or like a guy coming up. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, when when it was when 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 those fellows realized how much how much the money that those shots cost, uh, you know, they they put somebody somebody handy in charge of that shit. 
Um, but then eventually you'd get to brand and, or you'd get to rope. And then after, after you could rope for a little while and knew how to handle yourself on the ground, then you'd get to brand and, 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 and castrate bulls. But like there, there was a whole process and, um, and my buddy Clint, uh, he kind of like, he's, he's tweaked a few things here and there since his old man, but he's kind of kept to that old style way of doing things like he still does a cedar cedar fire and uh he he does it uh by by the you know the phases of the moon and and um and also he does not he does not break out the beer until the last calf is branded and then then once that happens and everything's kind of turned back out what like the beer can flow but i i I know a lot of people kind of particularly like working uh cowboys and day working guys that kind of look down on that but i i like it because that at least that way everybody is is hooked and then everybody's working until that last calf is done and then once it's done yeah let's go drink some beer let's have some fun well and and see that that was something that that confused the shit out of me when i left home because the beer started as soon as you started, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we might start branding calves at six or six thirty in the morning. Yeah. Well, fuck, we started drinking beer at six thirty in the morning. And, and so then, then when I left home and, and went out other places and, Oh, well, some of these deals, we don't drink beer at all. And some of these deals we don't, get to drink beer until the end and 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 i was a little confused about it but i i think that's a i think it's a good deal personally i think it's a good deal that when when we're all done we get to drink beer no i i think that's awesome i i I think i I think beer is an essential thing to to a brandon but i no i do i do too and and i don't i don't mind going I mean, because I've partaken in it, and and particularly when it's not your Brandon or you like you're you don't if if you're just there to to rope and and work the ground, you know, like I I don't care when people start uh, drinking beer, you know, because eventually I, if if it gets real wild, I can I can back out and and watch from the fence or some some shit like yeah. that. But I, and I I get where Clint's coming from. He's like, well, I you know I want everybody to have a good time, but like I want my calves branded. I want them I want them cut cut good i want them branded good i want shots administered uh accordingly but also i want people coming back so like it, it just and i think he i think he's even kind of fudged the rules a little bit so it's like when you're down to like the last you know 10 15 calves then then the the beer comes around but it's still yeah. sparingly because we still got 15 calves and you know how like those last handful of calves they can take fucking forever oh they're they're a fucking bitch. Yeah, and and you know, I just, I it seems to work out better. Like when, when when you can kind of when you can wait till till it's all done. Let's let let's get the work done. I have no problem with with drinking on the job, but like well, something like that, like it it seems to work a lot better. Like let let's get yeah, let's get everything. Let's got to get everything marked. Let's every everything cut, and then. Let's get drunk, you know. Well, and and so I'll I'll tell you my experience in Arizona. With where that was the first time 
that I'd ever been around where there wasn't beer at Brandy's. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I was I was used to like you had, you had Brandy's at normal times and blah blah blah. In Arizona, we fuck we brand every day. Yeah, you know, because cause we we didn't ever pull the bulls, and we were just oh well. Here's a handful, mm-hmm. and we just we just brand, and so it was all the time. So there was there was no beer involved, which wasn't a big deal, other than the fact that that like there was nothing, there was no, there was no hurrah at the end of it. You know, if if you branded twenty five head of calves, and there was no cold beer at the end of it like well shit whoops gosh <laughs> you know we we did some more work i that's that's the way it felt um well it feels a lot of times in the feedlot because like you'll like you'll fucking bust your ass for a, for a week straight like you know we'll, we'll process thousand eleven hundred head a day for for like four or five days in a row and then it's like well we got that one done. Here comes another one. And you're just like, fuck. Yeah. And you're just, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's like the bigger the outfit you work for, uh, whether it be cattle or, or size, it's just like, at, you're just like, uh, we're, we're almost there, almost there. But it's just, a, well, it, it's and another you never, day. you never get done. You, you don't ever get done. You just get tired. Right. Um, so like, I can't remember if I if I if I had talked to you about this before, but I, I worked for uh, for cactus feeders when we were doing the confined cow calf deal, and we at one point we had seven thousand head of mama cows uh, all in all in the feedlot. It was uh, it was originally about a, I think the permit was for forty thousand head of uh, of a feeder cattle, and then. This all this all started in uh, 2012, I think. Uh, kind of the tail end of that that huge drought. Yeah. In the Midwest. Yeah. And um, and so I went from from just strictly feeding. You know, I think we were getting uh, our, our like our bottom bottom end of cattle was 700, 700 pound steers that we were getting. Um, and then feeding them out to like where we got, we got a whole bunch of 1150 or something like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we got a whole bunch of, uh, like fucking range cattle that we're trying to calve here in the feedlot. And yeah. And fuck up, man. Yeah. And we went, we went from like 600 head to, uh, at one point, I think it was about 7,000 and, uh oh shit yeah i i I pulled a lot of fucking calves i it was it was it was kind of a it was kind of a shit show but it it was uh i was i was i was looking up advice from everywhere around the world uh uh, on how yeah (laughs) the best way to fuck do i do here best way to to uh to calve cattle and then like uh, and and it eventually got me fired because like my my ultimate analysis of the whole deal is like this doesn't work, 
like did we we bust our ass and we 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 do everything like we we possibly can do like i had a pretty good crew of cowboys and we still couldn't get below 10 percent death loss uh, on a calf crop oh shit and and you're just like and that that's just doing everything we fucking could and then they wanted to like throw uh throw some some holstein on top of us to to start for another feed lot and you're just like try this too yeah and you're just like well which which one are we wanting to do like well both and we're like well we we kind of need people for both we we you know we yeah we can't do it all all at the same time and what a fucking and and so that's i i may be going totally off topic of what you're talking about well go ahead that 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 is the fucking that that's the ranching industry right there, mm-hmm. and and that's what that's what cowboys have to deal with is that is we've got ranchers, and you know ninety nine percent of them have have actually ranched cowboy, you know like twelve days of their life, and then they went to college or whatever, and they they inherited the ranch, bought the ranch, did whatever. However, however they own this deal, mm-hmm. and and they're like, well, dollars and cents is this, this, and this, and you're like, no, but it doesn't fucking work that way, right? You just like the the people on the ground that actually have to do it. They're just like, well, um, uh, right? It and, it just doesn't work. It just yeah, well, that's you know, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what, exactly what you're saying, but it, it doesn't quite work that way. We, we got to do this and this. And so you're dealing with some, it, 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 it's a never ending deal of, of dealing with some college educated fucking prick. Yep. And, and, and you're like, well, what the fuck? No, it doesn't, that doesn't work. We, we can't, we can't throw another 700 Holsteins in this deal uh and we're you know we're barely fucking making it work the way it is right and so and and just and just it just on and on and on nonsense like it that's the that's the tribulation of of being a cowboy nowadays is is you got to talk to fucking college educated pricks mm-hmm and you got to go no it's not going to work that way and they're like well no on paper and you're like yeah yeah well, and so then you got to you try got to try to convince them why a horse is better than a four-wheeler because oh, on yeah. on paper the four-wheeler looks better every time oh shit yeah 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 fuck four-wheeler looks way better yeah, yeah. except um, i can't do my job yeah exactly but ex- uh, except when it comes to uh, you know the practical part of it it makes sense yeah. until it comes down to actually do a job, and you're like, "Well, fuck that!" Your your guy broke his ankle because he had to jump off a four wheeler because he couldn't turn fast enough. Where a horse could have stopped and unrolled back and 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 put yeah. that put that cow back on the right path where you wanted to, and 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 a good cowboy could have done that ten times out of ten. Whereas you know, like honestly, like it's about a fifty fifty chance if. Uh, you know, if Pedro or uh, I, I and and that's not 
that's not trying to be uh degrading to to the hispanic population but it's it's typically the hispanic population that's running that four-wheeler so yeah. it's, it's pedro or jose that's going to break their ankle or blow out their knee or whatever and uh yeah and so like and at the at the end of it that that big company they're when it comes to their, to their employees they're worried about liability and so they'll take all these steps to to cut out the cowboy which has has accidents on pretty regular occasion but yet in, instead they'll hire and these dum-dums and I'm not saying they're not unintelligent they just don't know a fucking thing yep and put them on a four-wheeler because uh, on paper that looks better and then they they end up paying that guy's medical bills for for 4 years because he yep he, yep. he bailed nope. off a four-wheeler and busted up his leg no doubt, and 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 a cowboy, a cowboy is, you know, he's a dumb motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Just period. Yeah, I, it comes with the territory. It comes with the territory, but he's gonna he's gonna tell you what the hell's going on, mm-hmm. and he's gonna tell you why things aren't working if you ask him. Yep. You know, and and there's. I will say one thing about a cowboy is the hard thing is, is getting him to getting him to say anything. Uh huh. But but he's gonna say it if you if you perch on him. Mm-hmm. And and then you know you can, you can get something out of it and you can figure out something. A good manager can figure out something out of a cowboy. Yep. A good manager can't figure out something out of Juan, and and. Like you said, nothing against our our cousins south. No, because there's plenty of good cowboys that come out of there too. Because we we've all worked with them, but they'll yeah. say they'll tell you the same thing about Juan on the on the four wheeler. Like they have, yeah, pinchy Mexicans. They don't know cattle for shit. Yeah, <laughs> and and those guys, they won't tell you. They won't. They're not going to help the manager. No. And and so, the, in my mind, the managers are, are the ones that are, that's where the, the foul is. Yeah. You know, these ranches haven't gone to shit or anything like that. You, you talk to all these cowboys and they say, oh, these ranches have gone to shit. No, the ranches are fine. The managers suck. Well, and... There's a lot of good cowboys that make good managers, but once once you make that step to manager, you ain't one of the cowboys anymore. And as much as you like, well, that's true. As much as you want to be, it it just you ain't <laughs> you're because yep. you're in charge of the cowboys and that. That's true. And that's it's, true. It's a very subtle difference, but it's a big difference. And, and I think in the manager's defense, I think it's it's a pretty hard. I think there's a whole bunch of guys that have all the right intentions. Yeah. And just don't realize that that you can't be. Well, and also the the working guys don't make it easier too. They're a bunch they oh, they, no, they can be some real fucking cocksuckers about it too. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, they it's, can. it's I've been they on the can. I've been on both sides of that deal where it's like I I get where that guy's trying to go and then I've also like I've been tried, you know, you know, because I got I got asked or you know got moved up the line and and got got put in charge and like well I 
I'm going to try to treat us all right. And then you're like, immediately find out how, how cutthroat people can be. And you're like, I'm trying to be on your side, motherfucker. But yeah, like you immediately well, stab me in the back. It, and I think, uh, I don't know much about feedlots, but I, but I know about big outfits. I know, I know that, uh, you know, a manager's job on a big outfit is mostly to take care of the wives. Yeah. You know, to, to make sure she has everything she wants and needs and this and that and so on and so forth. And, you know, cause it, if she's happy, he'll be happy and he'll stay. And what I think is a, a whole bunch of these managers don't realize that you don't need to take, take care of me. You need to take care of my wife. Yeah. What, whatever she needs. I don't know what she needs. Well, because you know, I, your, your average cowboy will just keep doing the job. But when the wife says it's time to go. It, oh, and I say, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. time to go because, uh, yeah, I mean, yep. like we're dumb You're cowboys. You're pissed off because there's cockroaches in the house or whatever, whatever the fuck the deal is. Spiders or, or yep. this or that or that thing. You know, and, and it, and that's what it comes down to with these managers is it's, the water's hard or there's there's scorpions in the house or whatever the fucking deal is. Easy shit to deal with. Yep. Well, don't come to me. I don't care. I'm never there. If I'm yep. a good cowboy, I'm never there. I'm not working for you. Yep. You know, it you was... Know? Uh, <clears throat> you ever do... You ever read, in, read anything on Huey Long? Uh, he was... Uh, he was kind of like a populist uh, presidential candidate back during the depression. Uh, no, from, it doesn't, was, doesn't ring a bell. He was from Louisiana and he, he was uh, kind of a socialist, kind of a populist. Uh, he was a little bit like a Bernie Sanders type, but like his deal was like, we're going to build roads all over Louisiana. And that's, that's how he won governor. And that's how he, he governed as governor of uh, of Louisiana, and then he, he, I think he went on to the Senate. And if I remember right, he got assassinated because, uh, uh, and it was it was like the the race that when when FDR uh, won his first presidency, I think uh, Huey Long was his uh, primary candidate, and he got assassinated, but. He he was uh, he he was just he was kind of an authoritarian governor uh, government type, but he he was he was also kind of a lot like Trump. He would borrow whatever ideas sounded good, but he he realized like it doesn't matter what happens in D.C. If we got if I'm building roads in Louisiana, people are gonna keep uh keep voting for me, you know? Yeah. And whether that that was meant good things for Louisiana or not, like he was just gonna keep building them fucking roads, man. Well, the only thing I know about all that is I spent I spent some time in Louisiana, and and uh, there's roads fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was. I I don't know. It was kind of like FDR with uh, like where where I grew up in. Uh, in the middle of the country where, where it was kind of homesteader country. And then the, you know, that the dust bowl hit, uh, 
there was a lot of Democrats in that part of the world, and, and it was uh, all because uh, Roosevelt gave him a job. You know, he didn't give him a handout; he gave him a job. And even yeah. though, even though their job didn't actually do anything, it was it wasn't a handout because they were working for it. And well, and, and like Roosevelt still, Roosevelt still was. It we got a plan. It's not a fucking good plan, but, but it's, it's a plan. plan. Yeah. No, yeah, and and and, so, and it it held out for a couple generations too, but but it was oh, genius yeah, because because it and like it really wasn't a handout. You had to go work for that money, and sometimes you were doing something good, and most of the times you were just building shit to build shit. But at least you, fucking ditch. Yeah, but at least you were doing something, you know. And then it's like as as bad of a plan as it was, I was just like I. It's it's a hell of a lot better than just a, a check every month, you know. To to be perfectly honest with you, I I would like to see something like that nowadays. Uh it would be a lot better than, like I said, that unemployment check. Oh yeah, I I I, I would love to see something like that nowadays. I don't I don't know many young people, but but the few of them I know, I I just think. Man, you just need to work. You just need to. That's, you just need a job. Like, I, yeah, there, there's something to that, and uh, like it, it, it didn't lead. I don't in the in the long run, it didn't. It didn't turn out great for the country, but it it worked really good for, at the time. At the time, and and then just like it's it's really hard to argue against that because without that, I mean, people might have really lost it all i mean like they they might have yeah. just there was plenty of people that just like they they took the dive into where like oh, fuck it nothing matters anymore and they just went off the deep end there was plenty of that already but like how many were saved from that because they're like well i gotta i gotta go work this stupid fucking job so i can collect a check at the end of the week to pay my or you know feed my family for for sure for sure uh well, and and like, and I'll I'll take this on a personal point of view. I I could write for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I write really well, and I could write for a living, but I I can't. I can't just because I'm I'm not sweating. I'm not working. I'm not doing. You know, if I just sit down and write, that pays. That pays pretty good. Yeah, and I could make it pay better, but I just can't do it. I just got I got to get up and go go work because mm-hmm. I've, I've got three little kids and I just got to go work. And so that that's how so many people in our in our history's past and and to be honest with you, in our history's present mm-hmm. feel that they that they. They gotta go. They gotta go work. Yeah, they gotta go do something. Just gotta do something. I mean, it's it's a purpose, you know. Even yeah. if it's not a great purpose, it's a purpose, you know. And yeah, uh, doesn't have to be a good plan. It's just just plan. Yeah. Well, let's do something. I mean, how many times do you hear that? Like, um, particularly from like the gun control people, like they they'll lose on like the merits of the argument all the time, but they're like, they just want somebody to do something. And uh, what? 
And, you know, it just like... Clarify that for me a little bit. The the anti-gun people? Yeah. So, like, every time there's one of these shootings that come up, they're like, well, will somebody do something? And, And, you know, like, you know they're angry about the shooting. Yeah, but what for whatever reason they're they're like they're they're drawn to the gun aspect of it and not the fact and, that and they're that, mad at, they're mad at the guns or right. or the gun companies. Yeah, but they 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 just want somebody to do something, and you're like, I'm not. That's all. That's also like a red line for me. Like, no, you're not going to do anything about my guns. Like that. That's like that's a hard red line for me. Um, but also I get where they're coming from. Like, they're, so I want I want this to stop. Will somebody do something? And they they point to the guns, and I got like I know they're 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 pointing at the wrong, the wrong they're barking up the wrong tree. But I no also, for sure. But I also get that that gut instinct where it's just like, well, somebody do something about this. What the fuck are we doing here? And because I I feel the same way. Like every time I see one of these stupid shootings, like what the fuck are we doing here? How how do we stop that? You know, I I, I agree with you there. I I agree with you hundred percent there because like. You, you know, we have one of these shootings, and of course, you and I are educated people, and mm-hmm. so we know that that there's there's actually not more of them than there ever was. No, no, but, and, and mean, they, they get hyped more, up. They get hyped up by the media because there's more guns, right? But in the well, there's also the world, more people. It, yeah, in the history of the world, there's not more mass killings. Than there ever was. No. No. And so, so somebody somebody shows up at a mall and kills a bunch of people. Well, fuck, I hate that. I I hate everything about that. Yeah. And and so they say, well, well, let's do something about it. And like you say, well, no, not you know, uh, uh, uh any guns is. The last fucking good idea, right? That anybody had. Well, what is a good idea? Well, shit, I, I don't really know what is a good idea. I know, and what it's know, it's a hard argument to make that sometimes doing nothing is better than making a bad decision. You know? Yeah. What What I know is a good idea is is pushing pushing ethics. Mm-hmm. On people, yeah. Put and 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 doing make making people think good thoughts. Yeah, like I, and and that's like the most fucking Hunter S. Thompson nineteen sixty five thing anybody could ever say. But but pushing good ethics on people is way better than pushing. Shitty laws. Take your take your guns away. Yeah, because I'm the same as you. They're not going to get my guns. No, no, it just ain't happening. And like that—that's the thing. All these gun people, like I and I say, like the people that are not in charge, but like the people that are advocating gun control that don't have any position of power. Like what you don't realize is like when when you push these laws through. Somebody has to go get the guns at some point because there's going to be a whole bunch of people that ain't going to give them up, and that's when people die, and that it's yeah. not it's not going to be good. Um, yeah. And so, like, does that make you 
that you still have the same warm, fuzzy feelings inside knowing that like, you know, it should this law that you support pass could end up like that dude in Utah yesterday that they just got blown up by the, by the FBI because he, he decided to, uh, he did levy some actual threats, but I, were they credible? I don't know. Um, but it was an, like a 75 year old man that, talk shit on Facebook that got shot in his home by the FBI. Yeah. And I missed that one, but yeah, it, yeah, it was some, some old dude that was, uh, he was, uh, probably watched way too much, uh, Newsmax or something. And, and he, he talked a bunch of shit on Facebook and then I tried to serve a, a search warrant on him at like six in the morning and somehow he ended up, not alive, so yeah. Well, oops. yeah, I yeah, well, and then okay, I, I've got a, I've got another side to that story too, because I've had, unfortunately, I've had a lot of dealings with the police mm-hmm. and the, you know, just I've I've done a lot of shit wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, I've I've dealt with the police bunch, mm-hmm. and so the long story short is, cops don't want to fucking shoot you. Yeah, they they really don't, and that's the last fucking thing they want to do. Right, and I, I and I can promise you, I've I've done some shit wrong, so wrong. That it was, it was the last fucking thing they ever wanted to do was to shoot me, and they didn't. Yeah. So, you know, nine out of ten cops, nine out of ten cops, or or what, whatever we're saying here, mm. uh, they don't want to fucking shoot you. So you gotta go way out of your fucking way to get shot. Mm. Is what I'm getting at. And I went way out of my fucking way and tried to get shot and fucking didn't. Yeah. No, I I think there's it. And so there there's so many of these dumb shits that that just push it and push it and push it and push it. That you you know we 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 can't blame. We can't blame the establishment as what as much as we do. We, of course, I'm I'm the first one that's going to blame the establishment. Mm. Fuck the establishment. I'm a libertarian. Yeah, I'm going to blame the establishment. But on the other hand, don't be a dumb I, shit. Don't be a dumb shit. Right. Well, and so like that. That's that's like this old guy here. Um, he was on it, and I honestly, I'm like I'm a libertarian too. I. I I have not yet got to the point where I think anarchy is a good thing. You know, like even, even well, like the, thank like, God. Cause it's, I, I, we, we can have a private conversation. I'll convince you that anarchy is a fucking bad thing, but well, I, I just, yeah, I, 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 uh, like I get their argument, you know, those anarcho capitalists or anarcho communists, however you want to like, I, I just still, it's as, it's just as much of a utopia as, you know, like true socialism or true communism or even true capitalism, you know, 
But I was just about to say that true capitalism. Yeah. True capitalism is the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw like you can, and, and they will always point to like these little, uh, these little deals within the government that, that allowed, uh, capital, you know, like these big, like particularly the, uh, the robber baron types, you know, like they had their, yeah. they, they had their governor government connections, but more than anything, they were just ruthless fucking businessmen. Like they had no morals whatsoever and they had no problem calling in the state militia to cut down, uh, union workers when they were on strike, yeah. you know, and just like yeah. they, they were fucking brutal. And, but, but ask them if you, if you could, Ask them what they felt about their wife and their children. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, there was a whole different deal there. Yeah, no, there, there really was. And I just like, ah, have you, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you a link later, but there's a, there's a really, really fucking good book on, uh, it's, it's called Slaughterhouse, uh, and and it's on the 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 Chicago Union stockyards and how Chicago became like the. I've read it. Have you? Yeah, that's a great book. Like, that's uh, a fucking good book. It's uh, and the the part about it I I, I liked is he just came at it from a, uh, as the point of view of a Chicago kid and a guy that yep. like that that likes history. He didn't have a a, a agenda. Bio, he didn't have an agenda one way or the other. He just thought this was a, this was something special here. Let's tell the story of it. Yeah. That, that's uh, a slaughterhouse one fifty one or one twenty one or something like that. Uh, that that's a different one, but uh, th this one's just called slaughterhouse. And, uh, and I, I talked to the, the professor, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you the link for that. Cause you'll like this book too. And it's, he, he's uh, like, he, he was, uh, I think he was a security guard when when the stockyards shut down. Like he like he actually worked there, but he was he's the he was a third generation Polak uh, that they and they were all there in Chicago. You know, just he's just a Chicago kid, and uh, yeah. and he he's like the I guess the best way to put it is like he didn't miss the forest for the trees. Like he he covered all the like the labor unrest and all the the shitty things that the Packers did. But he also like talked about what made it so fucking awesome. Like, like the, the fact that there was this little like swamp that went, went from a swamp to like one of the most important cities in the world in the course of 50 years. Huh? And yeah, I guess, I, I guess I haven't read that one. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link. It's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great book. And, and, and it just like, I don't know. It, it just, it, there was, there was not so much of an, like the only narrative is just like, this is a Chicago kid that thought this was cool and, and told, told a, a really cool story of it without, without trying to disparage one side or the other. And yeah. And, and I don't know. I, there, there's something about that. Just being able to tell a story without, you know, like, I'm, I, I, bias always gets their way in there, but like the, the, the best ones are just like, that. just tell the story how it is. Like, I don't know. There, there's something to that. 
Well, you know, bias always gets his way in there, but uh, you know that that's something that that the the reader, the listener, the the whoever that that's their fucking problem. Yeah. You know, cause, cause like Steinbeck is the least biased author that I can think of off oh, the top of my head. I love Steinbeck. Uh, I, I, I love Steinbeck too. Probably the least, the least biased mm-hmm. that I can think of. Well, but you gotta take into account Steinbeck's biased. Yeah, he 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 most definitely was biased. I right now I'm reading um I'm reading a deal about Hunter S. Thompson, mm-hmm. and so Hunter S. Thompson obviously was fucking biased. Oh, obviously, yeah, was, was way biased. And so I I've read a hundred percent of of Hunter Thompson's works, mm-hmm. and then this is just biography about him, and then you go, oh, there was that. That that's where that bias was, you know, because it's 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 stuff where they're actually talking to Hell's Angels and yeah. and they're saying, well, here's what he did, here's hey, blah blah blah, and you go, well, that didn't fucking that didn't rhyme with the deal. Hunter had every reason to lie, and this guy has no reason to lie. Mm-hmm. You know, so. So there's bias in everything. Yeah. Well, and and even with uh even with uh Dominic Pasiga, like he he has a clear bias which he thinks that the Union Stockyards was something phenomenal throughout history, which I happen to agree with him. But he told Oh, it, yeah, for sure. He, he told it from that angle. And, and like so like I have no problem with bias. I like I I want to know your bias so I can get into your frame of mind and be like, all right, why is this? Why are you writing it from your, your, your point of view? And like when, when you, you realize like the hell's angel part of the, uh, the, and I, I'm not, I, I've, I've only kind of recently got into to some of Hunter, Hunter S Thompson stuff. I know I'm, I'm aware of him and I, I, I kind of know, uh, I, you know, I little, I know a little bit about him, but I haven't actually read a, a ton of his stuff, but, yeah, it's it's when you when you can see like where that where that bias is coming from, but then it puts everything into context, and 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 that's what, and then you're like, oh shit, this is a this this piece is even better than I thought when I look at it from that angle. Yeah, and and so like you know like the um say like the uh, in the meatpacking industry, the the jungle by Upton Sinclair is is oh, why why. A- widely known as as a as a propaganda piece but also it's oh, widely 100% propaganda but I, I i don't i don't buy a single fucking thing out of out of the jungle no but also widely regarded and rightfully so as but a good book yeah as one of the most important literary pieces of the 20th century uh, cuz it for sure because it was i mean it led to a lot of reforms not the reforms that Upton Sinclair wanted because he, he was wanting a socialist revolution and uh yeah. You know, famous quote, he's like, I aimed for the for the American public's heart and I missed and hit him in the stomach. 
and uh and then we that that led to a whole bunch of, of uh reforms within the meatpacking industry but um yeah most of that book was bullshit but it, it was effective um well, yeah exactly well and 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 so and I, i'm with you i think i think we're on the same page here that 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 what upton sinclair wrote and what he did i think that benefited both you and i mm-hmm. i think we're appreciative for that yeah but it, but it was horseshit right all of it right and and you know i guess there, there's kind of like a grain of truth within within everything so like well of course of course there's some truth you know when, yeah. it, when it comes down to the to the rats and the, mm-hmm. the this and the that. But eventually, yeah, of course it was true. essentially what he did was took that grain of truth and made it into like a whole kernel of corn, every single yeah. one. And so like everything that he, he told there, there was, there was a grain of truth if you looked back far enough, but, but the, the story that he told was so far from what actually had happened that you're like, ah, seems like a stretch that you're connecting that. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like modern, modern corporate media nowadays, but, uh, you're just like, you yeah. know what, I, Matt, man, you're, so, you're so fun to talk to because I, I, I just, I don't get to talk to very many people that are as well read or as well educated and, understand things like you i i do these fucking podcasts all the time and they're like well what do you talk about riding colt you and i are talking about up there and how much that's so much more fun oh what, what me a, too well what a cool fucking thing i thank you i appreciate that because I, I i really enjoy this conversation too and i i i really I and and I I know I come off sometimes as 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 kind of sucking Joe Rogan's dick, but I I really think that guy is is one of the best at just having a good conversation. Mm. And, and I I've learned a lot. If from you that. go if you go suck if you go suck somebody's dick, may as well be Joe Rogan. I know he gets eleven million viewers. So if I, if yeah. I, if I get to suck his dick on video, like a lot of people will see it and it'll be fine. Um. But like he really is good at at just having a conversation and and like I I and this is my personal bias like s- some of the best conversationalists out there is the working cowboy like uh because there's so many people that are weirdly knowledgeable about one specific topic and usually it's because that was the one book that they had at cow camp or or on this in this bunkhouse or whatever you know one one strange thing i found and so it you know we've been over this 17 times but i'll I'll just reiterate it i grew up in southern oregon and then, then i came to nevada and so we're where all these conversations went in a bunkhouse was like, uh, you know, do you have 
Egyptian cotton in your in your bedroll, and and the the how many strands of cotton what it is, and and like we 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 talked about deep all all the time I spent in Nevada was were deep fucking really thinking things mm-hmm. and we were 19 so it wasn't that fucking deep you know it it was we talked about it Sinclair but it was it was not that fucking deep yeah because we were we were kids but that's what we talked about mm-hmm. up in Sinclair Hemingway uh, uh, Steinbeck like we, we talked about fucking deep ideas and then like you know, like better brands of socks and things like that. Yeah. And why socks were better. And, and so that's where I cut my teeth. And then, then I went away and I went to, I went everywhere. Mm. I went, I went to fucking Europe. I went to Texas. I went to South America. I went to Florida. I went everywhere and nowhere else. It was it was just cowboy stories. Yeah. And I was like, you fucking dipshits. Just living in bunkhouses. And I was like, you fucking dipshits. Why aren't we talking about deep, good things? Like, like this, this is the whole point. We're, we're making fucking $700 a month. And, and the point is we, we get to live. Yeah. And 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 those those guys didn't do it. California, they did. Nevada, they did. Oregon, they did. Nowhere else. Huh. Nowhere else. Well, and it's one of those things and I and I'm always like I'm I'm becoming so much more aware aware of propaganda the more I read stuff. Um and so like I'm just wondering like how much of how much of the image of the American cowboy is, is just propaganda because like we we know a lot of it. Like the like the rodeo announcer view of nine, nine tenths of it. Yeah, like the rodeo view uh, announcer view of the, the American cowboy, you know, like you got the what what's their names from uh from Utah, all those bronc riders and what's your name? Um, oh yeah the right uh, the, the right boys, you know. The right brothers, yeah. Yeah, and they're just squeaky clean, you know, just like, you know, good looking, upright citizens, you know. As as my dad would say, he's like them, them sweet smelling fellas over there, and uh, and you know, like, and and I'm I honestly I believe they are probably extremely decent people, and and I I would have nothing uh, against them, but like that's what that's what like rural America wants every cowboy to be like, and we, we fucking know that's yeah. not, that's not true. That's just not fucking true. Like the cowboys are the dregs of society. <laughs> they, oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They, they, yeah go, they go do those jobs because they can go be by themselves. I'm so happy to hear you say that. Uh, that, that cowboys are the dregs of society. Cause, cause, well, fuck. That's what we really are. I, we we are the the poor immigrant workers that didn't want to live in a city. Like we're we're yeah. like we're like those pack and plant, uh, you know, like kill floor workers 
but yeah but we 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 just uh happened to make it out in the big wide open yeah and we just well and and so uh there there's something that uh are you familiar with uh arnold rojas i i i know the name and i know it's on it's on my book list i haven't i haven't read it yet but i i it's one like yeah. I, i've been told many times i gotta read yeah arnold wrote four or five books yeah and and he, i mean he fucking lived it he was a miller and lux cowboy mm-hmm. he he fucking lived it and and he says those those guys if they couldn't write they'd die yeah yeah it's, yeah because and and in, in in a couple of those books he explains what i mean is they they would starve to death because they didn't know how to do anything except punch cows yep that that's exactly right and and, and it was like it, it was so much more diverse back in the day too because you had you had mexicans and, and you would have i mean I, that 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 was that was what was so special about like Lonesome Dove because it it it, it captured like the the freed black man the Mexicans the the Scotch Irish you know they it just yeah it, it was just like I mean there 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 was literally like dish boggit uh, if if he couldn't punch cows. Uh, he didn't know what to do because uh, once he got his paycheck, he he went to the whorehouse and blew it all on 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 one good night, and then he had to go work for six months just so he could do it all again. Yeah, and really? and like if that's if that's not the dregs of the society, I don't know what is. And and but it was, yeah, and I don't know. That was that was. Well, well say say that again. If that's not the what the dregs of society is where like you just have to go like you're 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 just going from whatever to whatever whatever and it's just like it's just like a cycle of life you know like that that all well, all all like poor people kind of fall into i i i i i see what you're saying but but look at it this way if that's not the purity of society no no purity. and Oh, okay. So let me let me clarify. If that's if that's not the beauty of society, if that's not the best of us, if that's not the 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 best way we can go. Okay. Um. So let me clarify because, well, if that's not the dregs of society, I don't know what is. But if also if that's not just the story of America, I also don't know what else is because it. Like when, when the the white settlers landed here, it was an it was a beautiful untouched land, or for the most part untouched land. But people with with decent technology and other people that knew how to how how to work it, and and it's just been it, it's just been a constant story of poor people making something fucking awesome. And, and but it's always been like it's it's and, uh, America's and maybe not even awesome, just just something fucking good enough. Yeah, or or just something, you know, like they made something out of nothing, and yeah. and like that's just kind of the the story of America. But it's always the dregs of society that did it. You know, it's uh, 
I mean, it was if if you want to go like uh, go super woke and you know the the folks that say that like it was America was built on slavery, it it kind of was, but we're we're not the slaves. Yeah. We're not the slaves. The the dregs of society. I mean, they, they definitely were, and they 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 had essentially, you know, that they they created the economy for for the southern half of of the country for for quite a while, and. I don't know. It's just, it's always like America has been, has and always been, always will be, I think, kind of a rags to riches story. And, and so it takes, it takes like those dregs of society, the poor people that are, but the strong ones and the, the ones that just want to make something, they always do. Well, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of buying what you're selling a little bit. I, I what mean, am, what am I missing? Well, what I'm what, what I'm hearing here is is that uh, you know, drug society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but but you also have to have something that nobody else got. Mm-hmm. You know, just just being a fucking shitbag didn't help very much. No, no. And so, uh, what, what? You know what? What you need to do is is do something nobody else has done. Right. Which is fucking hard. Yeah, it is. You know, and and you're like. You're you're doing it with your podcast. You're doing something nobody else has done. That's cool. And and I hope it's making money. One of these days. One of these days. Yeah, maybe maybe one of these days. But uh, you know what? I I want to see. I what I want to see is somebody. Coming up at the dregs of society that you're talking about, mm-hmm. that we're all born from, we're all it, eventually. If you if you shift back long enough, we're all from dregs of society. Oh yeah. Like I want to see somebody fucking rise up and do fucking something. Do something. Yeah. No, I I. uh I, I agree, and I think that like that's a kind of the story of America because we all kind of even even the the really rich people that that landed here, you know, whenever, like the 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 wealthiest among them all, they had to fucking build something. Like they like it didn't yeah. it didn't matter what the fuck you were in England, if you couldn't survive from day to day here, like. It didn't. It didn't matter a bit, and and it's like yeah. There, but and there's been poor people throughout the 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 history of 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 man. But there's, for whatever reason, in America in particular, there's been a whole lot more of people that started with nothing that that then made something really cool. So yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, and, and that that's something. Really cool about America, but 
you know, look at Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. He he started nothing more than you and I've got. Yeah. And made a fucking big deal out of himself. Well, you know, I I don't know. Looks like it might work. Mm-hmm. But he made a fucking big deal out of himself. Yeah. Well, geez. I've I've never I've never taken that step. You know, so I, I got a ton of respect for that guy. Oh yeah, he's I'm he he brought me some really, really, really good internet to to pretty rural Nevada. And oh. There you go. I uh, like I I I but also he he's kind of he's he's kind of a pretentious douchebag. <laughs> you know, it's like I I I really respect what he's done. He's he's I think he's done a lot of good for for mankind. He's also kind of a douche. Yeah, and I I could give shit less about mankind to be honest with you. Mm. I I care about me, and I care about my family, mm-hmm. and I just don't give a shit about my kind. And so, well, maybe that's my fuck up. Maybe that's why Elon Musk is what he is, and I'm what I am. Ah, maybe. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I know where I grew up, where where I came from, and and I know the people that, like, most of the people I think the most of are are people that I've known for a long time, and uh, and I like I know them personally. I've known them for a long time, and I I I just I feel a, a certain kinship with uh, anybody in kind of rural Western America. Like, I feel like that's, that's, that's my tribe. I don't, I don't care what, what, what race or, or religion, ethnicity, whatever. Like if you're, if you're, uh, if you're from kind of, you know, the Mississippi river to, uh, to the Sierras somewhere in that, that, and rural America and that part of rural America, like I've, that's kind of who I identify with, you know, regardless of what your skin color is. Okay. So, and and then, and then what? I don't know. I I, I don't know because the the problem with that is uh, most of those type of people are are like me and you. We're like, I'm going to take care of me and my family first, and and kind of piss on everybody else, but also. It, at what point do you have to branch out and see that's where like I can't I can't ever be uh completely anarchy because if you're uh like a true anarchist is gonna uh, most likely end up like Randy Weaver at, at Ruby Ridge and uh and so at some point you gotta have uh have a common defense, you know? And uh 
I I don't know, man. I uh, the world has got a lot weirder to me here in the last uh, four or five years than than I can ever imagine. You know. Well, I I'd like to think that that you already, you know, just just because you're doing a podcast and reaching out, talking to people. So therefore, you're more open-minded, mm-hmm. and this is maybe how you're feeding your family. But you know, that you're you're taking a big chance here. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I always I always fall back on like I'm pretty sure I can I can still go get hired on at a cowboy outfit somewhere if I if I really had to. Like I if if I had Oh to, yeah, well yeah, fuck. Yeah, I I, know. I I ain't worried about like I, I'd like to make some money off this thing. Like like truth be told, I I'd love to do this full time and then cowboy on the side. Um, because my body's going to break down at some point, uh, yeah. more, more so than it already has. Uh, we, we can't all be boots O'Neill and, and break, yeah. your, break your leg at 99 and be back a horseback in, in a month and a half. Like that's, that's fucking retarded, you know, like that, that, that just doesn't happen except, except for boots. Um, but I, like, I just like, I don't know. I I uh I was talking to Dave Stamey the other day and as I'm not trying to name drop but like he 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 was talking about about how like his passion for for this part of the world because it's it's underserved and underheard and and he's doing his part to to put put our name out there because there there's a lot of there's a lot of us out there, but there's a lot of miles in between us too. You know, like, whereas, you know, we, we don't live on top of each other. There, there's, there's still a lot of working cowboys out there. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of space in between us and I, it's hard. I don't know. It, it's, I think Dave's doing like I think his his heart's in the right place where he says he's just trying to trying to tell our story and I, and I I agree with him too but also I'm of, of the point where of the opinion where like the 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 rural American West has relied on somebody else to tell their story for so long that they don't even know how to tell a story you know and uh, and and. And it's a shame because we have the best fucking stories on earth. I mean, like any any old cowboy that that'll that'll tell you about a night in Elko or something like like they've got some great fucking stories to tell. But somehow we've abandoned that part of things to to you know like prop up this image of the American cowboy that ain't even true. Yeah. Well. Okay, I I I see I see how I see where you're going with it. 
and uh, I see how it's true. I see how the 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 bison can't see the difference between cowboy and cowboy. Mm-hmm. But but what I don't see is that I I I don't I don't see Dave Fanny's idea that that there's not enough that we're not pushing it we're we're not putting it out there we're not like you know I guess from Dave Fanny's point of view Dave Fanny's name is fucking cowboy. That's what I've heard, but. You, you know, I, I just, I, I see how, I see how, um, from the outside looking in, I, th- I, honestly, I think this deal, I think, I think the American Cowboy is stronger and better than he ever was. Right. No, I... You know, I don't disagree with that. And maybe I should rephrase that. And I think maybe, and I'm not going to try to put words in Dave Stamey's mouth, but I think he, he's talking about the rural American. I, I guess the working cowboy or the, the American cowboy, like say what you will about Yellowstone, but it, it gave a lot of young guys uh, the itch to go cowboy, which is, yeah, I I've never even watched that show, but I I know what it's about. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. It just like if a if a bunch of young fellers want to go try out cowboying, like I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and, no, I do too. And uh, whether they think they're uh, you know whether that the story they bought into is true or not. I, it is irrelevant to me. They'll find out real pretty fuck, you know, pretty fucking quick whether whether that story is true or not, and and it'll weed out the ones that don't don't actually want a cowboy real quick. But um, I I I do wonder about the like the American rancher, because um, like you, you look at like the wine cup and the gamble, the four sixes. Um, like a, most of the big ranches are not they're not owned really by anybody they're they're it's a corporation that that owns it it's a, and it's a yeah it's, it's a division of of a bigger corporation and but that's also kind of kind of what the the American West has always been like most of the big ranches were were owned by people in Scotland before they got yeah. got owned by big oil interest and, and and whatnot. Um, so like that, like the American, like the family ranchers. I don't even know if that's a real thing. Like it, it's been around, but like there's only been a handful of of like family ranchers that 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 made like big deals of, of their ranch and and that those most of them were ruthless as fuck and uh and then there's just like guys like me and you they're just i don't know we'll go punch cows <laughs> you know yeah. it, it's like i don't know like all, all that whole deal is like 
I don't even know where we fit into this this world, but I I like I like punching cows. Well, guess what I know is that uh, you need and steel in fourteen seconds. Good night. <laughs> we love you. So on and so forth. Yeah. Good enough. All right. <laughs> Are you heading out? Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm. I'm played out. All right. Good enough. Well, hey, I appreciate your time, man. It's been fun. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, we'll see you. Take it easy. Later. Bye.